y'all to another episode i told y'all this friday is special it's back to back to back i know y'all are probably like tim you are working bro i'm like it's light work i do this we do this we live for this i've been doing this for too long now to get tired and plus you know we're doing it for the town town biz coming out of oakland today and man we've had a special um last few episodes just today we talked with carlene earlier and then before that we talked to an amazing uh, leader who's doing some stuff in the future of workspace and, and, and the CEO of Pinji. Uh, and I, I think what, what's really exciting for me on this episode and with this guest is highlighting all of the amazing things to change she's doing to change the narrative for not only black and brown founders, but black and brown investors, right? And people who are not aware of how to invest their money, whether it be angel investors or you're even starting your own fund or building a business, how do you ensure that you are treating yourself as an investor and fundamentally thinking about creating a diversity of, uh, of assets and structuring a portfolio around your career, around your life? Um, and this lady is phenomenal. In fact, I want to share with you all how I ended up finding out about her. But before that, I want to show love to the people who are on. What's up, homie? I don't know who it is that's saying this, but what's up, homie? Facebook user, hey, what's good? Please let us know what your name is so we can shout you out and show you some love and let us know where you're tuning in from. But what's good, homie? Thank you so much for joining us. But with that, so I want to go in and introduce our guest for today. It is the lovely Tina Eskridge. Tina Eskridge, she's a global marketing executive with an experience that spans both large and small B2B and B2B, B2C enterprises. And she loves marketing, she loves product launch, she loves product management, but more importantly, she is an investor. She is an investor. She is part of the Pipeline Angels investment cohort. Um, and the way I found out about her, it, it's very interesting because she's a member of that. But I was just looking up, you know, 
are some of the amazing women in the venture capital landscape that are just really changing the narrative? And I stumbled upon Tina and I, and I, I was reading some of her tweets. I was looking through her link. I was like, oh, this lady got it going on. We got to have her on the show. We have to have her. We have to highlight her with our guy community because she's doing so much to educate the world. And I think change the narrative around what does it look like to be an investor, an underrepresented investor, but more importantly, really build that financial literacy so you can live a fulfilling life and a fulfilling career. So I'm excited to, to have Tina on the show. And more importantly, please show her some love. You know who Tina is. You're about to know more of her. Shout out to my homie, Mike Case, who's doing it big, man. Thank you so much, Mike, for being one of our Go big subscribers, man. So excited. We're working on that T-line for you, brother. We're working on that subscription box for you, man. So keep doing, man. Keep building, bro. But with that said, let, let, me, let me bring on Tina. Tina, what's good? What's good, Tina? How are you doing? Hello. Hi, hey. Tim. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm I'm, I'm humbled by your introduction. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for having me. Do not be humbled. You are doing amazing things, Tina. You know, let us know where are you are joining from because you are you are you're Microsofty. I'm a former Microsofty as well, so we, we relate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you in Seattle right now? I am. I am in Seattle where we just got a, a big snowfall over the weekend, and it's, it was it's gone as quickly as it came. You know how Seattle is. It's back oh, yeah, to rain. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness! Yes, yes. You know, gratefully here in California, things are it, things are light right now. It's a, it's a it's a little bit shady, but you know we have not been seeing crazy snow. My parents are in Texas, and they are seeing crazy snow. Oh yeah, yeah, isn't that that's nuts? I have some friends there as well, and uh, I've learned a lot this week about damage to uh, pools from snow, like you know, rich people problems, like. <laughs> Stuff, stuff that you know I just would never have known before. <laughs> but, but yeah, they're well, they're hurting in Texas. I, I'm hearing that they got their power back. So that's yeah, yeah. Nice thank you. Know. Shout out to my kids. He's a he's a he's in Texas right now. Um, hopefully still in Austin. Or he, he's actually he was thinking about moving to Dallas. But Tina, let, this, this, the show's about you. I want to talk a little bit about you know. Tell us a little bit about Tina. You know, we know that you're this all star marketing executive now, but. Before that, how did you get into, into falling in love with storytelling and marketing? Oh, that's a long story. So I, you know, the, the short version of it. So I'm a, I'm a about me. I am a, a good old homegirl from Cleveland, Ohio, wow. <laughs> for starters. And, um, you know, as I was growing up, I was exposed to places like D.C. I had a love for, um, you know, film TV, you know, entertainment, all that kind of stuff, and didn't know what path I wanted to take. So I went to college to pursue radio, TV, film, uh, which is one of the reasons why I ended up at Syracuse, but then didn't didn't end up doing that. I ended up at Syracuse. I started at Hampton, uh, majoring in radio, TV, film, and then I, I transferred to Syracuse and ended up uh, falling in love with marketing. And, you know, I, I did... Uh, pursue my degree in marketing and also a dual degree in supply chain. I know crazy um, combination, but very related. And, you know, the rest is history. I just can continue to go from there because I, I felt like marketing would allow me um, to be my most and best creative self. And that's been true. I've, I've been able to to do so many different things in my career. And I'm, I'm super grateful for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I think what was so interesting too is because you it eventually led you to going into tech. And I, you know, for you, have you always been interested in this technology industry or did you kind of, you know, fall in on a whim? 
Yeah, no, I've always been interested in technology. So a little, another little tidbit about me. So I, I grew up in a, a single parent household. My father died when I was young. Um, and my mother was somebody who was naturally curious. Mm. And in that curiosity, she loved computers. So I was one of those families that had the first, the the Commodore 64. Remember, I used to do the tennis type thing, <laughs> the boop, boop, back and forth, back and forth. Um, and from there, we had like, I mean, anything and everything you can think of, but definitely the first computers. And um, when I was a kid, you know, she wasn't really big into uh, paying loads of money for software games like Frogger and Pac-Man. So, mm. but she would buy me magazines, you know, tech magazines. And I would sit there and actually code. This is back when Atari had a, a separate, I'm telling my age, Atari had a separate attachment for a cassette and you could sit there and type in and code the game. It didn't look as fresh as the the actual thing, but it played the same. <laughs> so that's what I would spend my time doing. That kind of created my love for, for technology, or at least it made technology accessible. Um, I wasn't afraid of it, you know, uh, and I was always learning more. So my, my first job in technology was with a supply chain software company in the early, the late 90s. And I loved it. I love the pace of it. Um, you know, the ability to, to scale and create and, you know, I, yeah. And here I am at Microsoft many years later. Wow, that's amazing. That's powerful. And you know, one reason why I ask that is because we have a lot of people who are, who are part of our community. They're passionate about the tech industry, but they often don't know how to start, right? There's all of these roadblocks that um, they feel are impediments. And, and that's because they don't understand the lingo or they don't know someone. So it's mm-hmm. fascinating, you know, a young girl from Cleveland, Ohio, going doing the thing and using mm-hmm. marketing against the tech industry, that, you know, that's what it's about. And, you know, I often tell people that, like, just because, you know, there's a certain cir- circumstance you were born in doesn't mean that's where you're going to end up. Like, that does not mean that's right. going to be the future because even for me, my parents were Nigerian. They wanted me to be a doctor. I was like, I'm not trying to be a doctor. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm like, let me, like, give me something that I can do, I can build. But lo and behold, now I'm building technology, I'm building software, I'm building products. And it's just, you got to learn your way to it in order to do it. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, you know, for me, like, I, you know, my, my mother was not college educated. Um, mm-hmm. I just learned by doing, mm-hmm. right? You just, I just learned by doing. And, and for anybody that thinks that working in tech is not attainable, like I'm, you know, perfect example. Like you said, like I'm, I'm a marketer in tech. I'm not a super technical person, although I, like I said, I'm not afraid of it. I know enough to be dangerous, um, probably, but I, I can learn anything, right? Like I, I, I feel like I can learn just about anything, and so you know, it takes the the barriers down. But I would tell anybody who wants to pursue earnestly pursue a career in tech, you you should, right? Like it doesn't matter what your background, whether it's finance or there's always a role to play in tech, right? Like every single discipline is welcome in the tech arena. And um, it is it's wonderful. A hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, I want to dive deep on, on something because one of the reasons that, you know, I, I found you is because you're doing amazing work in the, in the venture capital um, space in terms of highlighting the importance of being an angel investor, right? Mm-hmm. And being able to use your capital to build a layered portfolio of assets. You know, I want to talk to you a little bit about how did you start that journey of being an angel investor? And what is an angel investor? Sure. So 
an angel investor, I'll start with what is it? Angel investor is actually someone who um, invests in a small business, on, um, you know, an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial enterprise as sort of what we call the friends and family round of investing. So there's different stages of investing. And usually, you know, most of us black and brown people don't have you know, large bank accounts when they set out, they, you know, you have a, a dream, a passion for whatever business idea you have, and you got a savings account. And that's about it, right? Like many of us don't have family members that you can reach out to that can spare, you know, extra money to invest in your dream, right? So angel investing um, basically fills that gap uh, for many people um, across the, the world, right? Uh, I got into it I, you know, I often thought that angel investing was unattainable. Mm. I thought it was something that you could only do if you had, you know, millions upon millions of dollars. And so I, I really learned about, you know, not necessarily angel investing, but I learned about um, businesses and like, you know, how to advise them and things like that over the years. And I, I, one of my favorite shows was um, MSNBC's The Profit. And on that show, I apologize, my dogs are barking in the background, little rascals. Um, on that show, you had a gentleman who was advising multiple businesses, very types of businesses. But the, the interesting thing about his model was that he was actually um, taking a stake in the businesses, right? And so I thought, that, like, that's pretty cool. I want to do that someday. Well, fast forward, I came across an article in Essence Magazine. And it was around, um, you know, uh, financial savvy and, you know, different different avenues you can take uh, for investing. And there was a mention of Pipeline Angels and Pipeline Angels is an organization that is uh, made for investing in FEM led uh, and minority led businesses exclusively. Right. Because there is a tremendous gap for those businesses um, when it comes to funding, they don't get the funding. They get like less than 1% of the millions upon millions of dollars that are bestowed every year uh, in the space. And and as I was um, investigating Pipeline Angels, I learned about their, their cohort investment model, which means that you are basically put in a, a, a cohort of other investors. Um, it's very attainable. Um, you do have to be an accredited investor, which means you have to, to have a certain net worth and, you know, assets, et cetera. But you go through this investment cohort uh, in a learning capacity. Right. Like so I'm learning with peers of mine who, you know, some may be more savvy in the legal arena or finance, et cetera. So we all had something different uh, to bring to the table. And in doing so, you know, you are you, you get you get a lot of um, insight and perspective on what works and what doesn't work for for businesses. And the risk involved is kind of, um, you know, it's, it's shared mutually. So it, it was definitely a win win for me to get engaged in something like that, because I was like, wow, like this, this is something that I thought I'd be doing, you know, maybe 20 years from now. And I'm able to do it now. Um, and I haven't looked back ever since wow no that's so powerful that's so powerful you know for you because we, we've been talking about this um, earlier you know why do you think there's such a lack of black and brown angels investing <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> whether it be in, in black and brown founders or whatever they want to invest in why do you think there's a lack thereof and um, just at a high level within our ecosystem in, in the u.s what, what are your thoughts on that 
Oh, there's so much to tap into with that question, Tim. I, you know, one thing I think our, you know, our financial literacy as a community still remains low. Mm. Um, you know, we're still, you know, I, you know, even though I'm 20, 30 years past my college education, you know, there are still first generation, you know, college students and, and et cetera and so forth. And people just not learning about financial um, literacy or, you know, like what, what do you do with the money you make or how do you, you know, like what's, what do I, what should I be doing with my 401k? What should I be doing, you know, um, as an investor? And I think there's a, a fear there, you know, there's this inherent fear that many of us have and grow up with because we're not exposed at earlier stages. I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine who was like, you know, what do you, what, you know, what can you do for, you know, and how, how soon is too soon to teach financial literacy? And, and my answer is it's never too soon. Like you can teach that at the earliest stages and it should be taught at the earliest stages. Like you should know what it means to save your money um, and get uh, interest in return and, you know, all of those things. And we just don't, we, it's, it's like, we just don't grow up learning those things. And so, I think that um, as angel investors, like, you know, when I got older and started to investigate this avenue, you know, I find that a lot of people are fearful, mm. they're fearful, they're risk averse, um, and they, they want to see a return, you know, almost immediately. And that's not how angel investing works, right? Mm. Angel investing is really about, you know, getting in for the longer haul, it's, it's, but it's no different than a stock. Right. Or, you know, like you don't you don't unless you're playing, you're, you know, a day trader and you're playing the market that way, you're not going to get money overnight. Like I, I wish I had some game stuff right about <laughs> after the last couple of weeks. But that's not the case. Right. Like, well, you know, many of us are you have to be in for long term mm. uh, investing in long term growth. And, mm. you know, that's that's the difference with angel investing. But I, I really do think it's fear based. I, I think that most people are fearful and, and, and just don't know enough. There's not enough, you know, like podcasts like yours where people can actually talk about, you know, hey, this is something that is actually really attainable um, for me to consider as, as another avenue to diversify my assets over time. Yeah. And, and to even speak on that, too, but let's speak on it. You know, there's a lot of generational trauma that comes with finances mm-hmm. and investing and in terms of you know people growing up in households where you don't talk about finances, you know, it's just not it's, no. it's, it's scary for parents and it's scary for um for the for the people living in that. And I think that you know one of the, the most powerful things even for me in my journey as a founder and an investor is that I've had to unlearn all of the taboos that comes mm-hmm. with how I think about money. Um, you know, because one of the biggest things that people don't often understand with money is that you have to divest and you have to multiply. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You can't put all your eggs in one basket, right? Yeah, you can't. And, you know, you don't, you, you know, we kind of learn it in algebra or mm-hmm. math. You know, right. But people don't treat it and they don't apply it to their lives and how they mm-hmm. live, you know, how they're thinking about not only their short term, but their long term as well. You know, I want to kind of dive deep with you, Tina. How did you go about unlearning and building trust with yourself? in order to learn how to start investing in founders and companies? Oh, it's taken some time. Um, you know, like you, I, I had the same 
you know, financial trauma, <laughs> you know, grew up in a household where, you know, magically things just appeared, right? Like, you know, there was clothes on my back, food on the table, you know, but it wasn't discussed, like, how did that happen? You know, I just knew that I was taken care of. Um, but ultimately, I think, you know, my unlearning is still happening, right? Like, I, I think it's a journey that you set out on and it never ends. I mean, as an example, like, I've only been doing angel investing for about four years now, four or five years. So I, I'm still, uh, you know, in my infantile stages in the journey. And, you know, but I, but I have learned, um, you know, from mostly from books and watching other people, you know, because I think there's nothing better than seeing examples. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to see, you know, whether they be people in my family or outside of my family, just, you know, circles of people where I'm like, I want, I want to do that. Right. And so, you know, having that North star has been extremely helpful. Um, but yeah, it's books. I mean, I, I think I had a mentor in my younger years who recommended rich dad, poor dad. Wow. All right. That was like one of the first, and, and still is a foundational work, I think, when it comes to financial literacy, you know, because once you you start to learn or unlearn, you know, some of the things that we're taught growing up, like you don't you don't you don't buy the car before the house. Right. Like, you know, like that kind of stuff. Right. Like a depreciable asset. You know, um, you start to learn all that, you know, because, we know, you know, black and brown people we like to floss. We like to have mm -hmm. the nice car. But if you if you don't have a a house or a mortgage or an you know, live. <laughs> right where you where you gonna live the car the car is gonna be worth a dollar and you you just gonna be out of luck right paying paying a, a car note but you know it's things like that that i've i've learned over the years from like i said from watching other people reading books um you know i was also big 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 into Susie orman uh her young fabulous and broke series when i was just out of college you know but yeah, it's just just reading, reading, watching, learning, and and more importantly, doing, right? Because right? I think this is not a spectator sport. <laughs> you you've got to actually put some skin in the game. You've got to actually make a move um, when it comes to your future, right? When it comes to investing and securing uh, the type of future that you want for yourself. That's you. That's you. Hey, we'd love for you to share a little bit with us about some of the portfolio companies that you've invested in, and some of the things you're doing with Pipeline Angels to um, coach the, the next generation of investors, angel investors. Yeah, so I I have um, probably about twenty active investments right now um, in or. or probably more than that actually now that I think about it, but um, many of whom I've met or been introduced to through Pipeline Angels, um, you know, probably the the ones that I'm working with right now are actually outside of Pipeline Angels because I've kind of expanded my, I've broadened my scope. So I've, in addition to Pipeline Angels, I've participated in what's commonly known as a syndicate here in uh, the Seattle area uh, for one of, of a fund, a pretty large fund um, that was raised here. Um, and then I also have been working just independently with several companies. One of them, what I'd say my favorite right now, Tim, is a company um, by the name of Alcove Systems. Okay. And Alcove is a, uh, I guess you would call it a travel company. And I think this is brilliant because, and I, and I, I tend to invest in companies where either they have some sort of, um, 
way of making our lives, our environment or something of that sort better, mm. um, you know, or um, is something that I would absolutely use. So when I heard about Alcove, Alcove basically picks up your bag. I don't know if you've been in this scenario, but I'm sure you've had an Airbnb before, right? <laughs> I have. I have. Right. Yeah. So you go to an Airbnb, the check-in time is always three or four o'clock. So if you're traveling from another city, um, same as a hotel, but with a hotel, you've got a, a bellman and you can drop your bag if you need to. Um, but if you're an Airbnb, there's no, there's no bellman, there's no concierge, there's no way to drop your bag. So uh, what Alcove does is they pick up your bag from you. Um, it's completely insured. They store it, keep it, and they bring it back to you at the time that you want, at the location that you want. Wow. Uh, when it's time to check in, right? <laughs> so, so it's it's like a combination of like the ride share industry with the travel industry with this, you know, this great idea. And I'm like, I would hand you my bag in a heartbeat because I'm not going to lug it around the city for you know several hours. You're in a restaurant, you got a big bag, you can't, you know, you can't go anywhere with it. So that that sparked my interest. We, you know, initially me and the founder, we just had a, a exploratory conversation. And when he was telling me about his idea, I was like, oh, man, like I would, you know, and he was he was more so asking me, like, would you use this service? And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Absolutely. As much as I travel, as much as I've used Airbnbs or, you know, other forms of, of uh, extended stays without having, you know, a place for my bags. Like, yes, sign me up. <laughs> so, so I've been working with him um, over the last several months. Um I've also been, you know, working with a beauty brand uh, as well, uh, Amp Beauty LA. They're they're a favorite of mine. I, I love talking to those ladies. They they have a, a great um, a great idea, great um, enterprise that is actually going to help with the diversity of the beauty industry. Whereas, you know, we don't see ourselves on the shelves of Sephora and Ulta Beauty, and that's changing. Um, of course, but they they have a, a great model um, for it. And another, no, I have so many favorites. I'm like going through my <laughs> with my head. Um, and I'm not an investor yet in Amp Beauty, but I've I've just worked with them on an advisory basis. Um, I'm trying to think of another one that's more in the recent Black Tag. Black Tag is another one. Um, a group of guys who are single handedly going to change the entertainment space and how, you know, like you see all the verses, you know, there's a lot, a lot of the verses out there and, and many of the artists that are, are doing those verses, they're not able to monetize, right? Because mm. it's, it's Facebook's platform. Um, and Black Tag has a platform that will allow entertainers, artists, you know, to, to monetize in a way that hasn't been done before. So I'm, I'm super excited about what they're doing. Oh my goodness, that's so powerful! And yeah, I've I've been noticing there's a huge trend in, in, in that space so far. And I think one of the things I love about what you mentioned is that you know I was looking at Fenty, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. makeup. Yes. I was like, she's yes. out here putting on for black and brown folks, and I mean, she's selling um, what's it called? She is selling a uh, like dark dark eye like refresher like, uh-huh. for like fifty dollars. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was just right. like, yeah, because she, she's making sure that it, it's cultural, it's relevant, and more importantly, that she's reflecting the diversity of faces and, and, and people that she's Absolutely. And I think that's, we're seeing a lot of that trend in venture capital with, 
either creator-led investment firms mm-hmm. or people who are creators actually creating their own products and then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. their own customers and fundamentally thinking about more so the diversity and the um, you know how are you empowering how are you empowering your people to be a part of your movement. And I say that because there's one company called Dispo that's really hot right now. So it's a new social mm-hmm. um, uh, media app. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really based on novelty and uniqueness and kind of um, yeah. nostalgia and, you know, being authentic. And I think we're going to start seeing more of a trend in companies like that coming to fruition in the, in the world. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there's so many great ideas out there. And it's unfortunate because what you see happening, particularly in the angel investing space, is that, you know, the great idea that is presented by a non-minority um, will definitely get funded. A mediocre idea or, or not so great idea will also get funded. And then you have these, um, you know, minority led businesses that, you know, have better idea, better everything. Better, um, and they, better they don't get the money. Yeah. Right. They don't get the money and they're, you know, and it's, it's, super disheartening to me. And and it's, again, one of the reasons why I do what I do, because, um, yeah, I want to see that change. Yeah. Yeah. At some point. One of the reasons why I love angel investors is, you know, I'm always, I'm seeing your praises, Tina, is that, you know, uh, a lot of the things you see in institutional venture capital is that, you know, a lot of um, black and brown founders, they often raise from, try to raise from these um, institutions, but they're faced with horrible term sheets that are just quite disruptive Mm -hmm. and, you know, they're taking 25 to 30% equity out of the game. Right. You can even build the right. business. It's, it's, I think it's things like that, that, you know, is why it's so important to be an angel and be someone that is of a partnership in a partnership structure with a founder and an entrepreneur, because angels really like angels are, are actually really important to just the venture capital ecosystem. So, you know, kudos to you, Tina, for being one of the best angels in the game, really changing there for so oh, many um, black and brown women. You know, with that said, Tina, when is your book coming out? Uh, you know, when, <laughs> when you I don't have one. I know I, you know, you're the second person that's asked me that in the last couple of months. So maybe, maybe that's a sign. <laughs> Maybe that is a sign. I may I may may have something in there that needs to be put down on paper. We'll see. Well, Tina, we would love to have you back on in the future. Uh if you would love to be back on and absolutely. Absolutely. I would I would love that. I enjoyed our conversation. Me too, Tina. Thank you so much. Talk soon. All right. Take All care. Right. And that was Miss Tina Eskridge, who is killing it in venture capital. She's one of the top angels in Seattle. Literally, check her out. No, I'm saying she's one of the top angels in Seattle, for real, for real. And I wouldn't have brought her on the show if I didn't feel like that and if I didn't feel as if we should highlight the movement that she's leading with her platform. Once again, thank y'all so much for joining us on this special Friday episode, back to back to back. We talked to like some amazing people at Penji. We talked to some amazing people at Citibit and some amazing people at Microsoft who are doing it big really changing the narrative for so many and living their own lives to the fullest. Please join us in supporting our Forbes Next 1000 feature. I am like still blown away by that because we have not, we did not expect that. We've been building for three years now since I founded the Mentors and Mentees community. Um, And, you know, for us to see Forbes highlighting us and our great, our tenacity, our uh, accomplishments, and you know our future 
was huge moment for us. You know, everyone within Team Guide is super excited and super grateful for the community um, that is showing up in waves and, and the movement that we're leading and really changing the narrative for what it looks like to build a company today, right? Not tomorrow, but today um, in this era. So thank y'all, Team Guide. Please get y'all tea. We are giving it out for free for everybody on us. Just use Abundance or It's On Us on BigBlackTea.com. The tea is yours. Free tea for the gang. Gang, gang. For real, for real. And also, in addition to that, if you are a creator, if you are like creating something, if you are an educator, if you are truly looking to you know, share your brilliance with the world, whether it be professionally related or about living a, a more healthy lifestyle, please check out Guide. GuideGroup.com. Go to GuideGroup.com. Y'all, we are changing. We are moving incredibly fast, but that's how it is at Guide. Every day is day one. All right, y'all. Thank y'all so much for joining us today. And shout out to our amazing guest. Please check out Miss Tina Eskridge. I am going to be sharing a lot of her articles, links, and features in the comments. She is killing it on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. You know, she is truly changing the narrative for black and brown women who are interested in investing, but, you know, they don't know where to start and they do not exactly understand how to approach it. Um, you know, we need more people who are evangelizing uh, what it looks like to be a founder and investor uh, and, and helping others get ahead, not just themselves. All right, y'all, if you're interested in joining Pipeline Angels, reach out to Tina on LinkedIn or check out the link that we have shared in the comments. All right, y'all. Talk soon, but not gonna leave y'all cold. I'm gonna leave y'all with a slow jam. A nice slow jam. <laughs> and don't let nobody stop. Just keep trying. Keep on giving to Spread some love a little far. Give it all you got. So keep on giving all you got. Give it all you got. Thank you.